Hello, welcome to episode 9 of Geyser's Guidelines, the Lockdown Podcast. I am your wonderful host, Jordan Geisler, and here with me, uh, not in my home, but in her home, I have a very wonderful friend of mine. Her name is Paige Tharp, and I am so grateful that you said yes to being on the podcast. Thank you so much for being willing to be a part of this project. It's my honor. Thank you. Would you like to uh, introduce yourself a little bit? Sure. Uh, my name is Paige Tharp, and I am a mother of two, and I love taking care of babies, <laughs> and I just had the best time at a middle school Christian camp for middle schoolers, smashing whipping cream in faces and going down slip and slides, <laughs> and cracking eggs on our head oh my gosh <laughs> that sounds and fun being completely goofy mm-hmm. which i think is also an attest to your character as well <laughs> that you love to just be kind of loose and free yeah uh so Paige, how do we know each other so jordan and i met while i was working in an animal clinic and um we used to clean the clinic in the evenings late at night mm-hmm. and um, as we did so, we just kind of talked and had some very interesting discussions. Yes, which is why I thought it would be good to do the podcast <laughs> with you, because um, we just got to talk about a lot of different things when we were cleaning, and so I figured it would be very well worth having you on so that we could continue that, because since then, like four years ago, it's oh weird to think gosh. that was like four years ago, um, neither of us are at the clinic. Nope. anymore uh i'm no longer in that well i technically am still with the animal business because i work on a farm but not animal medical industry you are though you're still a vet technician yes and uh where am i going with this oh yeah we both left the clinic i was really hoping you were gonna draw the job card because i really wanted to have a good <laughs> roast session on Crestwood Animal Hospital. Um, even though that was a relatively good job as far as first jobs go, there was uh, a lot that would have been fun to unpack <laughs> about that place. But we have a really good topic today that I think is very fitting um, for us to discuss. Our topic is family. And I know that's both that's a very important thing for both of us. So let's get into it. What is your family like? So, um, my childhood family, my biologic family, is, um, I would say loud, Mm -hmm. um, sometimes bossy, but probably the most loving and God-representative people that I know. Mm -hmm. They are... Um, giving grace always. I learned so many ways to love others through my parents doing rotary things when they owned their own business. Um, I learned how to work hard when we grew up on a farm and had to work in cold, wet environment to plant strawberries. Um, And we all love to have fun. And so getting together and reminiscing and going fishing and being outdoors and just sharing good times together, traveling the world together. Those are the things that we love to do as a family. And what is your family like now? Because now you have children and you're married. Yep. So my family now, as we raise these children, my husband and I have been married about um, 18 17, 18 years. Mm-hmm. Um, we have two boys that are both going to be middle schoolers this Ooh. year. And we're trying to be conscious about teaching them to make relationships a priority. Mm-hmm. That God gives us the need and the yearning for relationship, and that's how we are to motivate ourselves to go through life and to love others. And so as a family, we're trying to remember to love each other well. Mm -hmm. And that's hard with kids. Um, 
we like to have fun. We just got new kayaks. Ah, so we love to be outdoors, bike riding and kayaking, um, and exploring and doing adventures is kind of our thing. So yeah. taking a trip, we do it spontaneously. Yeah, that's and, cool. Um, we don't make too many plans. We drive in the direction that suits us that day, mm-hmm. and then wherever we end up, we enjoy doing whatever that is. Yeah, so. that's a cool thing because my family my parents are very like they're very plan based like they love to plan out stuff um which I think is good and bad mm-hmm. um there are pros and cons to doing that uh but my dad especially like he is a like to-do list <laughs> like he has things set out and some of that has passed down on to me but like I have noticed like on vacations like sometimes my parents will kind of just take the back seat and they'll be like oh well you know we'll probably just take it easy today but then i'm like but where are we going like where are we gonna do where are we gonna eat you know like what's going on and i've kind of now earned like a negative reputation about that but yeah i think i kind of deserve it but um for me my family i have a mom dad brother sister and a dog and are definitely family members. Of course. Um, so my dad is Matthew. My mom is Michelle. Uh, they're probably going to be on the next episode of the podcast. Ooh. Yeah. Um, nine episodes in, and they're finally going to be on it. <laughs> and I was, because I was sitting down with them yesterday talking about, like, oh, well, I could do like your guys' episode soon if you can squeeze me in because I tried to do a recording with them and it didn't work out because my dad had a trip the next day and he had just gone back from a trip so he was just like really worn out but I hold it as a joke over their heads like oh well I wasn't good enough for you so I don't know if you can be on the show anymore um but now they keep ripping me about it like how many more people are you gonna have on the show before you have us on but they're gonna be on the next episode so anxious to see how that pans out and then I have an older brother and an older sister so I'm the baby of the family which uh, I guess I'm not crazy about being the baby is not always the best oh you don't like that no I don't like are you the baby of the family no I'm the oldest you're the oldest I have a sister yes who's about four years younger than me and I'm the oldest and I'm good with that Mm -hmm. but she got a little extra Spoilage. Although I was totally spoiled as a kid, mm-hmm. I think she, I always felt like she got extra spoilage. As a I kid. do. <laughs> I do think there is some extra spoilage being <laughs> the baby, just because you're gonna be like the last one to go. You're, you know, kind of the swan song for the parents. Yeah. So I think being the baby does come with spoilage, which is one of the perks about being the baby. But at the same time. So what do you not like about being the baby? I don't like... The thing I don't like about... (laughs) I do think it's a bit of a bad term, but um, I have to wait for everything. Like, growing up, I saw, like, my brother get his license, and I saw my sister get her license, and not being able to drive or, like, go places killed me. (laughs) Like, I wanted that so bad, and now I have my license, and I'm like, I don't want to go anywhere, (laughs) but having to like wait and see things definitely stings and then yeah patience is hard yeah it's a virtue for sure that i do not possess um and then (laughs) hand-me-downs i got it didn't last for long i don't remember having hand-me-downs all that long but i just remember like having hand-me-downs was just not the best because it wasn't they weren't my own clothes they were someone else's Uh but you know i think that's probably just a piece of growing up so my, so I'm that mom with the hand-me-downs, but my youngest, Graham, he won't have it. Mm-hmm. If he wears a hand-me-down, it's few and far between, and most things that are hand-me-downs that he gets, he's not going to wear because he doesn't have the same style yeah. likes that my <laughs> his brother has. So, I don't, we got a lot, I mean, I'm sure my mom did hand-me-downs. I value it as a mom because we, when they were babies, 
there were some clothes that went through four kids yeah. and they were still going. Like now they're getting passed on to the next kid. Oh my god! So how proud! <laughs> yeah, that they had so much endurance. Exactly. But yeah, I can. When you're older as a kid, I can get that hand-me-downs are not good. Yeah, but I've been living in my own clothes for a while now, <laughs> which is pretty good. Um, but so I have an older brother, Grant, and I have an older sister, Paige, and. The dynamic between the three of us as kids was I felt like we were always kind of like a team and now that we've gotten older and we've kind of started to like go a little more into our separate ways because we know like what we're going to do and like my brother moved out of the house a while ago so we don't see him as often mm -hmm. so it, it definitely feels different now than when we were kids um, mm -hmm. but we're still like tight knit I feel mm -hmm. uh, which I think is a really positive thing um, but that's kind of our family. I all well also part of the family. It, I would say definitely more uh, a little more on my dad's side because we see his family a lot is his sisters and their kids and we're really tight knit with them as well. And we used to live out in Arizona and they lived in California, so we would see them pretty mm. frequently. But now that we live in Kentucky, we see yeah. them really infrequently and we've gotten so much closer to them mm -hmm. and since we've lived in kentucky which is kind of weird that distance made us grow closer mm -hmm. together um but we're really close with them now which is a really cool thing yeah. um and it, it just makes uh, our time with them more special mm -hmm. but i would definitely say they're just as much as like part of our i guess nuclear family mm -hmm. as they are just like also the cousins and aunts right. and uncles mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. But next question, do you feel you give more, you, you, do you feel you give your family more leeway than you give your friends? That's a hard one to answer. Um, I would probably say yes. There are, my sister and I grew up not getting along very well. Mm -hmm. She was the bratty little sister, <laughs> which to now I would never allow my oldest to call his brother bratty. <laughs> so... But um, she was always tagging along and always bothering me, and we did not get along. Mm -hmm. um, my dad says that when we had a German exchange student, that changed everything, because we had a boy named Alex that was a German exchange student when I was 16. He drove me insane. Really? I couldn't stand him. He was trying to be the gentleman and chivalrous, because he's from a different culture. Uh-huh. And I was an independent woman. I yeah. was going to do everything by myself. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't let him carry a leaf of hay for me. Mm -hmm. Like, it was ridiculous. And um, But Dad said, because of Alex, my sister and I were like two <laughs> against one. Yeah, it was like a fortified bond. Exactly. <laughs> so since we have grown up, her and I have gotten really close. But she has done some pretty rough things that had we not been sisters, I don't think I would have continued pushing through on that relationship. Mm -hmm. So more of like a family definitely gets more of a second chance. Yeah. I mean, and it's been rough things like as an older sister or a friend, I would coach her through challenges she was having and she wouldn't have it. Yeah. So relationship issues and you're making some poor choices you need to really think about these things and that was not gonna be something she was gonna have so there was a time where we didn't talk yeah. for a couple years really and it was very superficial because of a bad relationship she was in and she didn't want to hear from me mm -hmm. so had that not been biological and we weren't together you know as family on holidays and whatever yeah. we probably would not have continued the friendship yeah that definitely has an interesting effect on relationships is that because like you're tied by blood you know you can't just up and forget about that person because likeliness is they're always yeah. going to be around in your yeah. life um for myself i would definitely say i give way more leeway to mm -hmm. my family than my friends because uh it's kind of a sick thing but we pride ourselves on having really thick skin in our family <laughs> because we oftentimes just rip each other to shreds and so like if my friends did that to me I would be like adios like you need to go but with my 
family I'm like well I live with you so I can't go <laughs> but <laughs> I definitely give them a lot more leeway they can say a lot more to me that my friends or whoever cannot yeah. say to me or poke fun or bring up old memories about things I've oh, done no. that <laughs> my friends definitely can't um but I think family in general because you're in such a closed environment and you see them on such a consistent basis, you have to give them a lot of leeway yeah. with everything. Yeah, absolutely. There's just no getting around that, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, do you feel that family is more social or biological? Um, so that's a hard one. And I would probably, I want to say both, because definitely when I talk about family, my family, when I say my family, I'm talking about the family I grew up with and my married family, mm -hmm. but I have a social family, whether it's at work with my coworkers and we spend time together and do stuff, they're my family, or whether it's at church, I have a church family, Yeah. Um, and you know, the church family, I don't know everybody, but the people that I do know are close-knit. They know very private things. They hold me accountable for some life things that maybe my biological family hasn't even been privy to. Yeah. Um, so I think that goes both ways. Yeah, I see that. I think, I remember talking about this in maybe my interpersonal relationships class last year, but... I see a lot of both sides of the equation, but personally, I feel family is, for me, it's more biological because a social family shifts a lot. That's true. Or at least it has the potential to shift mm -hmm. a lot mm -hmm. versus a biological family. More people can be added to it uh, with, like, you know, kids being born or people marrying in, mm -hmm. and they can leave by, like, well, I wouldn't say death necessarily means you leave the family because technically you're still part of the mm -hmm. family even beyond the grave. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, um, separation or breakups, whatever, mm -hmm. um, can take people out of the family. But I, for me, I've seen, like, social family of, like, like you said, with work, like, coworkers, like, I work, we work to, uh, I'm bringing it in even though this isn't the job <laughs> part. Uh, working at Crestwood, I felt like I had a, a social family there and then I left and that social family was gone. And um, especially like leaving high school, like a lot of my social family disappeared. Yeah. And so it grew a lot smaller. Mm -hmm. And so I felt a lot more on my biological family to be more, to take the place of my social mm -hmm. family. Um, so I think biological family is definitely a lot more dependable than a social family. And I think that depends for us. We live in Kentucky where mm -hmm. we do not have any biological family. Oh, yeah. And so maybe that's what's morphed my idea a little bit because I have to depend on others. And social relationships become way more valuable Yeah. when you don't have family relationships that are close so no um, grandparents are here to help with children child yeah. care there's no um, calling somebody and saying I need an extra hand with this project yeah it's either do it alone or in you know kind of welcome in the social part of your family yeah. to allow them to participate in your life and that can get a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but for example, I became really close friends with a lady this year that was helping with kids, with my kids after school. Her and I met a few years ago through a church event, mm -hmm. and then she's just the most open and welcoming person that I literally had a after school challenge, needed help, call, and sent her a text and said, crazy ass will you go across the street and pick up my kid from middle school? Uh -huh. She didn't have kids in middle school. Mm -hmm. She's never been to the middle school. <laughs> She's not even from around here. Yeah. And she said, sure. What do I need to do? What time does he get out? And so because of that, I was picking him up from her house several times. And we just kind of engaged in good conversation yeah. and became really close. 
to the point where then they're moving and I was over there the kids were all playing and she said I need to be painting while we get ready to move so will you come down and organize games for my kids she has four kids and piles and piles of games and so I went down and just helped her do that while we talked and did our thing and and I'm sure for her that like ooh you're in my yuck Mm -hmm. but that's what family does yeah and you get in people's yuck and so social family in a situation like ours that now becomes a norm yeah I never even thought about distance affecting Mm -hmm. whether you have social or biological family because we also don't have any family in Kentucky Mm -hmm. we have family in Florida family in DC Ohio and California and a little bit in Arizona and Mexico so that definitely affects mm-hmm. having more of a social family than a biological family so I'm glad you said that because I didn't I wasn't even thinking about that yeah and but, I probably wouldn't have had I not been so far away yeah but I also agree with you that family it's hard to have a social family sometimes because they have to like get into the yuck mm-hmm. and that because they're not biological and kind of know <laughs> how things are it's like you have to train them on how to deal with certain things <laughs> yeah. and you have to show them what's normal and you know maybe what's not normal <laughs> uh, but it's normal for you mm-hmm. um like i was talking with uh my new cousin-in-law because my cousin lily got married to this wonderful guy named bailey who was on episode four so <laughs> go back and listen to episode four but um uh, I was telling him about, I'm not going to disclose too much in case this family member listens, but we have one family member in particular who's a little outside the box and has uh, this, it's kind of hard to describe without saying what it is. Um, we can call it a family monument. <laughs> this family member has a family monument that is a bit of a joke. To all of the family, but this family member doesn't know that it's a joke to everyone else. And so we were explaining it to him and he just like didn't, he didn't get it because it doesn't make any sense. And I'll explain (laughs) it to you after the show because like, I I can't talk about it, but he was just like, so like, this this is so stupid. Like this doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, well, it's just how it is. Like that's how it is with this family member. So it's kind of weird to... Even though he's biological and not social family, it is hard to kind of integrate other people into certain into the yuck of life. And you know, like for siblings, you have two. I have Mm -hmm. one. You just know everything about each other, and what you don't know, nobody should know. Like what they don't know, nobody should know. So when other people are invited in, it becomes you know you have to like share that and be okay with the kitchen table being covered with crap when somebody comes in your house and be okay with you know socks scattered around the floor you know like that's your norm maybe or dirty dishes piled to the sky (laughs) that may be the norm but it's okay if you want that person to become part of your family yeah that's just part of the stakes that are up there uh next question how has your family influenced you so most importantly to love others i think um learning to think outside the box and share what we have with other people um one of the most influential things we did when I was a kid that I can remember is um, my dad was in Rotary at Christmas time. They would invite needy families to come and the kids would come and shop for their families. So you as the sponsor family, I guess, mm-hmm. would take them to the store and they would, and we would donate the money and they would buy a gift for everybody. And then at the end of buying for their list, then they would buy a gift for themselves. And it was a way to serve the community. And I think that still to this day, I want to instill that with my kids and realizing that what we have, we're so blessed. We have more luxuries than we know what to do with. The materialistic world has taken over this culture. And so making sure 
that I continue that, I guess it's a legacy on forward mm -hmm. to serve others and give what we have and make sure that those people that don't have everything that we have can still um, reap some of the rewards of yeah. what, so we can keep gifting it forward, mm -hmm. so to speak. Um, and then the whole relational thing, um, my family, my parents have loved to meet new people and entertain and have people over all the time and getting to know people kind of that aren't similar to us mm -hmm. is a real, I think it's a pleasure because you get to know nuances of others that just you wouldn't naturally go. And we all naturally gravitate to people that are like us. Yeah. So, um, so I think for me, those would be the two things that, you know, family kind of has instilled yeah. that whole going forward and gifting out and then making good relationships with yeah anybody. I reciprocate um, seeing, like, the give. Like, both of my parents, like, give a lot to people. And I see it in, I see it in both my parents, but I see it with my mom a, a ton. With She gives her time to people, which I think can sometimes be more valuable than money. Yes. Um, and so she will just like go out of her way to help, especially with the elderly. Like I think that in itself is just a really special thing that she does. And she just helps for people who are kind of forgotten. Um, and I've noticed that a lot more over the past couple of years, just how much she sacrifices for other people. And I think that is such a beautiful gift to have that I often wonder if it was passed down to me. <laughs> um, but I, I see it in her and it, it just gives light to how wonderful and pure a person she is. Aww. And uh, mom, if you're listening, which you've only listened to half of the first episode as of right now. So, and maybe a while before you listen to this episode, but love you. And my dad, I've gotten, a, I've learned a lot about uh, it's okay, Dozer. Dozer is part of our studio audience today. Dozer His page wants is to participate. He wants to participate. He will be heard. Um, my dad, I've learned a lot about the importance of hard work because he worked, uh, or not worked, he served with the Marines for 20 plus years. I didn't know that. Yeah, um, since he met my mom ages ago. <laughs> he's, uh, well, he's since retired. But he worked with the Marines for like 20 plus years. Oh, wow. and, uh, he was an airline pilot uh, with American Airlines for a long time. Then he switched to UPS. And so uh, he makes a lot of time sacrifice to provide for the family. And at, when I was 16 and I started to get a job, I was like, this sucks. Like, I hate working. I'm 20. I still hate working. <laughs> <laughs> but I've learned a lot about from him especially now because with UPS his schedule can be like really off the chain and sporadic of when he's home and when he has to fly and whatever but I've really learned a lot about you know you have to put in a lot of time to work hard and you will reap the benefit but there's a lot of sacrifice involved and that's just part of how it is and yeah. even if it sucks you still have to push through with it yeah and then uh also I definitely credit my faith to my family because I grew up in a Christian home and we always went to church every weekend pray before meals and so I definitely credit my faith to my family um how else has my family influenced me work hmm. I would have to say hard work is and a work ethic stronger than most I think my sister and I learned from my dad and it's hard to grow up in a family with that kind of work ethic and yeah. then work in today's culture mm -hmm. because most people don't work as hard as we were taught to work. Yeah. And so then you're, you know, you feel like you're running around in circles around the other people that are kind of plodding along and they mm -hmm. don't have high speed and they don't get anything done quickly. Yeah. So that can be a challenge. I do work with a lady right now who has a work ethic probably better than mine. Mm -hmm. Um, she also doesn't have a family or anything, but she puts a lot of effort into her work and yeah. she takes it very seriously. So. Mm -hmm. so my parents, I 
swear they raised me conservative. I swear that their belief system was conservative. And now as an adult, they are more liberal than I ever imagined they, that could even happen. How can that happen? Yeah. How could they start conservative and now as they age become liberal and we, we do not agree on most political views and there are very heated discussions about mm-hmm. that most often. Um, my grandfather even um, fought in World War II against the Nazis and now he's one of the most liberal people I know. Mm-hmm. And so it's a very hard challenge that whole like how how does that change and stuff but we I mean as a, as I was raised it we you know we were allowed to have our own opinions and stuff and so yeah. dad always said like this is what I think that doesn't mean you have to think it so I think he truly instilled that belief system and I didn't have any consideration of whether I was liberal or conservative until I was probably in my 30s Mm -hmm. before I finally kind of recognized that I even cared about certain things yeah so is most of your like extended family do they lean to any particular side um extended family like parents and stuff yeah like your husband's oh so they're very conservative okay um they are more in line with my belief system. In fact, we have a neighbors that are getting married that sit on two sides of the fence, 100% sit mm-hmm. on two sides of the fence. They've been together for about eight or 10 years. They're just about to get married. And both my husband and I are like, we couldn't marry somebody that had fundamentally yeah. that different of a belief system. Yeah. And um, I think it goes to the core of who you are. So my husband and I are very, um, most of our beliefs are right in line um, when it comes to um, to being conservative. He's a little bit more extreme than me, mm-hmm. and his political discussions get way in depth. He does a mm-hmm. lot of research and stuff, but in, um, in light of everything, you know, I think it's an interesting point to bring up like that whole political view how did that change what happened I think about it all the time like how did my parents go totally the other direction I've even asked that question Mm -hmm. to them and one of the reasons is as they age insurance becomes a primary like oh yeah so because of that That a lot lot of that reflects what their beliefs are because they need help Mm -hmm. so I never even that's a very important point yeah Um, that definitely probably affects the way you think as you get older Mm -hmm. but our family both my mom and dad's side very very conservative Mm -hmm. like i can name probably on one hand the people who are more democrats Mm -hmm. and we went to a family reunion in ohio in Mm -hmm. may and uh the family that was there like the people who were uh my great aunt pam and my great uncle rick um, they've been married for like fifty-ish years. Wow, like they've been that. together for yeah. a long time, and they're very conservative mm-hmm. people. And they're so my great uncle Rick, his sister Sylvia, who's my great aunt. She has two daughters, or and two daughters and one son. Um, her daughters Beth and Susan are more of the Democrats in our family tree. And so anytime politics come up, they know they're pretty <laughs> outnumbered uh, about what's going on. And so this, so Susan, Beth was unable to come to this past family reunion, but Susan and her family were there. And so we usually at uh, the events, we do like a big family photo of everyone. And so my great aunt Pam, as we were taking our photo, she's like, wait, let me go get the flag. And so oh, no. she goes, she pulls out, a Trump 2020 <laughs> and like the second she pulled that out like Susan is like I don't know if I can do no, this picture, I'm not in the picture. <laughs> and even I was just a little like yeah. 
we're actually doing this. Like, <laughs> we're really gonna take this picture, and because I think there's such a and it it's kind of sad to say it's affected me so much, but there's definitely a stigma of people who who are very open about their support for Donald Trump get a very bad rep, oh, they and totally it is definitely becoming more apparent uh, as President Trump's um, presidency oh, yeah. has continued. The people who continue to openly like support him with signs, hats, whatever, definitely get a lot more flack. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, I know this picture is not getting posted <laughs> anywhere because Susan was in charge of the photography. So I was like, I know it's not really going anywhere. You don't have to worry. But my Aunt Pam was like, we'll probably send this to him just so he knows we support him. And I was like, really? Like, I don't, I don't know if he's really going to go through this picture in his mail. But I just remember, uh, like, the flag was in front of me and my parents were holding it. And I was like, I don't really know if I want to hold this. And my mom was like, well, I'm going to hold it. And I was like, okay, that's, that's fine. Like, you do you. Um, and then my Aunt Pam also had a sign that she held that was like, Trump vote. It oh, didn't say no. vote Trump. It was weird. It was like Backwards. Trump vote. <laughs> I was just like, are you commanding Trump to vote? Are you are you saying like you are a Trump voter? <laughs> or it was just kind of weird and also funny. So but funny. our family is is pretty conservative, and we were all poking a little bit of fun at Susan and her family because <laughs> we know they're definitely not oh, no. that big of Trump fans. But that has just a part of the family dynamic in the guys sort of family. My parents have friends. Most of the friends that they have are conservative and they are not. So when we have big family dinners and they always invite others, the there's heated discussions over yeah. politics every time. And if Todd's there, I oh I provide very clear instructions that there is not to be any political discussion. Yeah. <laughs> because it gets really ugly and yeah. people get their feelings hurt. I, I totally understand that. And it's kind of interesting how even amongst family, there are just things that you don't there talk things, about. There are things, yep. Um, and unfortunately, politics is one of them, and religion is often one of them, too. Uh, next question. What role has family taken in your life over the years? Um. So I think I said before how independent I was as a kid in trying to be an independent person and wanting to take care of myself and everything what as a teenager getting ready to graduate high school the first thing I wanted to do was get out mm -hmm. get out get out I don't there's a lot of kids in this area that they're happy to stay at home and stay in Kentucky and grow up where or continue growing where they grew up and staying there and that was not in my realm of thought ever I couldn't get away from my hometown fast enough. It yeah. was Crystal River, Florida. It's a podunk, hick, red. Somebody even said the other day it's a redneck town. It is. Mm -hmm. And um, I couldn't get away fast enough. And so we, so for me, getting away, I did the whole rubber band thing. Like, I went away and I, you know, spread my wings and then as a young adult started having trouble and realized how important family yeah. was. And um, not that I ever didn't spend time with family, because in college I was coming home every weekend. But um, it got serious when life got serious. And so, um, so visiting often, seeing them more than once a year is really important to me. Um, my parents will be celebrating their 50th wedding oh, anniversary next congrats. year. That's exciting. So it is really exciting. And, um, you know, having that relationship going forward to keep, you know, my sister and I are trying to figure out how we can put that together and make it for, you know, for them. Um, when I, again, wasn't living near family when I was going through my divorce, my social family had to step in and carrying me through and helped yeah. move me two or three times in one month. <laughs> and um, so it was always good to know that I could pick up the phone and talk to somebody that knew me, that 
could relate to my struggles and as dad always says you know it'll be fine when I was a kid and I broke up with a boyfriend he would give me a glass of wine and let me cry on his shoulder and it was all fine mm-hmm. and still to this day you know hearing him say it'll be okay still speaks volumes to my soul to mm-hmm. help me just have peace and comfort and know that it'll be it will it'll yeah. be all good it's just a season we're gonna go through it together and we'll get out the other side yeah I see the role well I'm pretty young so I haven't had a lot of life experiences uh-huh. to stray from family but I definitely see family playing the role of provider mm-hmm. and I see that not only in a financial sense but also like an emotional sense mm-hmm. like a security sense like they are like a security blanket because yes. like I know where to go like mm-hmm. I know where to find them mm-hmm. and also like if I have trouble with something or I'm going through something like I know they will they will be emotional support yes. um, almost all the time they're gonna do a little roast session right now there was a time <laughs> at Crestwood Animal Hospital. <laughs> Going there back to that Crestwood. Uh, uh, I just started front desk, and it was my first night on my own. And do you remember the name of that horrible woman who, <laughs> she was attacked by a dog and when she was a kid, so she, as she got older, she just treated everyone like crap. She I remember really she wasn't rep. nice to you. Yeah. Yeah. She, like, told Erica that she was fat when Erica was pregnant. Yeah. Oh. I can't think of her name. I don't want to say it out loud. I don't mind saying it out loud. (laughs) Can you mouth that again? Oh, Miss Shepard, is that okay? I think. I don't know for sure. I can't remember. We're gonna go off of this, (laughs) Miss Shepard. If this is wrong, person, I'm sorry. I doubt you're even listening to this podcast. But this woman was a downright word. I'm not gonna say, and she treated me like crap. It was my first night on my own. Um, so I felt super stressed out. She ripped me a new one. When I got home, the first thing I wanted to do was just like scream. And I was telling my parents and I was like, yeah, I almost just had this emotional breakdown because it was just so horrible. And there were all these people watching and both of my parents were like, we'll get over it. And in that moment, that was not what I needed to hear. That was not what I wanted to hear. And that was kind of a slap in the face. And I was like, don't tell me to get over this when it really affected me and it really bothered me. And my mom was just like, you need to let it go. And my dad was like, it's not a big deal. And I'm like, it is a big deal because someone ripped me to shreds. And eventually, later on, um, I think they did apologize and say like, I'm sorry, like, we're sorry we didn't, you know, actually validate that but is what it is low roast on mom and dad but um toast for you guys making it up <laughs> but um they are for the other than that instance they are a very big emotional support system and then also i think especially with my sister she has played the role of just like a best friend like my sister and i are extremely close um something that I'm super super grateful for she was on episode two um one she was in my very second episode um because she is a very important person to me and so I really fear for when she moves out and when I move out because I'm like we're not gonna be this proximity wise we're not gonna be close and so I worry that will affect how close we are relationally and so I'm just like I want to make sure like we make the most of the time that we have while we're still in the same house in the same state. And so that definitely is something that I keep in the back of my mind. Like, she's not going to be here but forever. But don't fear it. Yeah. So don't fear it because I can tell you that it gets better. It gets better than that. Yeah. My sister and I, I was telling you before we started <laughs> that um, she lives in Germany. And she's lived there almost eight years now. And that has almost helped make our relationship better yeah. because we when we talk it's heartfelt and it's and when we visit it's so huge to be together yeah. and we've done our own trips together yeah and you make the most of it you're not exactly. wasting any time right. or anything and so we've really um, bonded drastically tremendously 
because we're apart, it's helped us get closer, like yeah. you kind of said, with your um, aunt's family. Yeah. Um, so I think as much as you hate not being close, because I still hate not being close to my sister. Mm-hmm. She's a world away. Um, when we're cl- when we get to see each other, it's the best thing ever. Yeah. So and our family can't spend more than about two or three days together before we start driving <laughs> each other crazy. Yeah. Because we don't live together anymore. Yeah. So. Um, so we can be okay with not being together anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because now we've become who we are, and yeah. we are not anything alike. Yeah. In the big picture, like we used to. So. <laughs> but thank you for that, because I definitely, I do believe my sister and I will stay very close. But it's just, you know, stressful to think about that. But oh, yeah. you know, distance makes the heart grow fonder. It really does. I don't know who said that, but it's true. So, last question. What do you like and what do you dislike about your family? Let's do one for each. Okay. Um, I like the adventure part. So, I'm talking about my kids and my husband. Mm-hmm. I love the adventure part that when we go on vacation or go on a trip, we're all in, going at it looking for the next adventure, um, having the most fun, and um, kind of, this is probably a bad term, but balls to the wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know how else to say it. Um, and we are good together. We're so good at just having that adventure spirit and going off and exploring and not... Um, I guess not having any hang-ups about anybody knowing where we are. Who cares? We're just off doing our thing. Mm -hmm. So that's probably the best thing about our family. I think the thing that I hate the most about our family is my husband was cursed with migraines. He has headaches 75% of the time. Oh, that sucks. And more probably, but we'll just leave it at that. And so he's in pain a lot. Mm-hmm. He has chronic pain issues. And the hard part is that our daily life is dealing with chronic pain. Yeah. And there's no fun. Cracking a joke doesn't result in a laugh. Yeah. And the times that we get to really be he and I, who we really are, together with our children, the only time we really get that is when we're on vacation. Yeah. So being the drudgery of daily life gets hard. Yeah, for sure. And um, it makes the vacation that much better. Mm-hmm. But the hard part of that is the chronic pain part speaks. He doesn't, he's not ready. He's not excited. He doesn't want to, mm-hmm. all of that. And so it's really hard to look forward to a vacation when somebody isn't looking forward to it with you. Yeah. And what I have to know is that he really does want to be there, that the devil is screaming in his ear, and he doesn't know how to turn that voice off. Yeah. And then when we get there, it's all good. Like, yeah. I know that we'll get over the hump and it'll be fine, and we'll have a great time. But it's the weeks going toward that vacation that get harder and harder, because I'm... My, me and my kids are like bouncing off the walls, ready to go. Yeah. And he's still dredging on, he could care less because he's compartmentalizing because he's a man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's worried about all the things that he's not going to be able to do while he's on vacation at work or whatever. So yeah. that can be hard. Yeah, I see that for sure. I think what I like most about my family is probably the fact that we make a lot of time for like when we go and like my parent my parents have done a wonderful job um since we've moved to kentucky of even though we're really far apart from a lot of our family they make a lot of time for us to go and visit them um and then usually when we are with them and are about to go we start talking about like oh well when are we gonna like get together again when's the next time And I think that's such a great thing that we already want to plan ahead and go for like the next thing because it's so important. And like, I'm so close with my cousins and we talk about like when we're older, like we have to orchestrate this stuff with 
not only each other but with our kids and like make sure they're close and just all this stuff and I think that's such a beautiful thing because you hear a lot about families that don't spend a lot of time together that don't do a lot of visiting or they're all just kind of like strangers and they only see each other like once a year like Christmas or something that's Um, how my husband's family is yeah which is just like really unfortunate because family's just a beautiful thing if you let it be a beautiful thing sometimes it's not a beautiful thing because other factors get in the way Um, but I love that our family makes a lot of time for family I think the thing I dislike the the most though it is something I do like at the same time is we're incredibly blunt people and that definitely plays into the fact that we have very thick skin Um, I like that we're blunt because no one's like hedging you know you don't have to try and beat around the bush or anything you just know how it is what's going on but at the same time that means some people aren't keeping things to themselves that they probably should keep to themselves but they're just making you aware of it which kind of just makes it hard and difficult um but i mean if that's like the most difficult thing then i'll take it um it's just something you have to get used to i think after a while and it's probably helped you in life because shoot this world is not a nice place to be. oh for sure so although i would say you're probably one of the most sensitive people i know really thank you (laughs) so i don't know that it's been a bad thing well i definitely try i try and have the monitor of like oh well these are people i can be blunt with and these are people (laughs) i can't be i usually only keep that monitor on around my family (laughs) Um, but it is something I really have to be aware about because it was just like, that's just part of my upbringing. Yeah, exactly. I'm a blunt person because I've been exposed to yeah. that for so long. Um, but I think this was a great discussion. This is the longest discussion oh, I've had no. with anyone so far. We're back in our room. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, before we move on, is there anything we didn't cover that you want to talk about or anything you want to mention? I don't think so. All right. Thank you very much for being so open with this discussion. You're welcome. Uh, Stay tuned. We'll be back with ads. This podcast is brought to you by cats. Like some people, they can be cold, vindictive, and judgmental. But because cats are cute, they get away with it. We're also sponsored by Digital Cameras, the junk drawer of holidays and family events. Though you'll never actually develop the pictures, you can at least see them on a tiny digitized screen. Uh, We've got a new game to play that... Honestly, I don't know for sure how well it's going to go, but I'm excited to play with you. Um, do you like making different voices by chance, Paige? Oh, I'm not very good at it. <laughs> what about accents? Oh, I totally can't do accents. Oh, well, then that's great because we're doing accent <laughs> improv today. So the way this game works is I've got all these different cards with all these different kinds of accents oh, on them. No. And we have to choose a card, and for one minute, we're going to take on that accent. (laughs) And then after the minute goes up, we take a new card. (laughs) And we will do, let's do four rounds of this. So each round lasts lasts a minute, and all you have to do is talk in that accent. Mm -hmm. So are you ready? You think you can handle it? No, it'll fail. <laughs> I'll read you off some of the accents we have. Uh, there's Beach Bum, which is more of a voice than an accent. Valley Girl, more of a voice than an accent again. Uh, Australian accent. My favorite. Italian accent. Uh, Russian accent. Southern accent. I can do that one. British accent. French accent. I'm tired of saying the word accent it sounds weird uh jersey which i'm really excited about swedish which i don't really know your choice and then because i really liked jersey i put it in another game. so we've got two jersey accents in there so hopefully one of us doesn't get both of them but that we wait can i just well. need to be able to do the southern one because i can do that one <laughs> that's where i'm from all right take your oh no take your card okay <laughs> I'm going to set a timer for one minute. Wait, I have to think about it. I don't even know how to begin. Really? Yeah, totally. Like, honestly. That's going to be... Oh my gosh, that's the hardest one. I don't even know. Um, gosh.
All I can think of the Muppets guy. Oh, I do do it. him. I can't even Oh, you gotta try. You gotta try. But I don't remember anything he said. Um, he spoke in gibberish, uh-huh. didn't he? Uh-huh. I would encourage you not to do gibberish. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to speak actual words. Um, are you ready? No. <laughs> we gotta go. Be ready. Do you want to take a new card? Uh, I'll yeah, give you one I can't switch. Even begin. Okay. You're gonna give me Italian and then I gotta no. come up with something else. Better than Swedish. <laughs> oh, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. This is gonna be good. This no. is gonna be good. Oh, come on. I, I can't give you a second. Right. I'm not gonna give you a third card. Alright. We'll start in three, two, you start. one. So, I was having a spot of tea the other day and. Oh my gosh, this is almost becoming Australian. But um, <laughs> still, uh, uh, God save the Queen. Uh, I was eating this scone and it was dreadfully hard, but that's how we Brits really like our scones. What are your thoughts on scones, Paige? I never had a scone. <laughs> that's not Russian, that's just aggressive. <laughs> Russians in German are aggressive. Oh my gosh. I really don't know what's Russian. Um, <laughs> you asked if I could do this. I, I'm carrying this game I, for us gonna both. Have to carry it. But, like I said, God Save the Queen and uh, Jolly Good Show. I love the royal family. <laughs> that was rough. I can't do accent! Like, this would be Russian accent. Oh, like, very good. Like that. That I can't would be even Russian come up accent. with that. German too. Oh my gosh. Okay. Like I said, give me Southern. I can do that. If you get your choice, oh, then you can no. do Southern. Oh, I can kind of do this. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Alright, you start us off this time. Go. You shouldn't say pop. That's speaking French. <laughs> That's not French accent. <laughs> I mean, like, I think oh, that no. you really need to put, like, more emphasis on the sounds of the boys. Uh, like for Valley Girl, you just drag out the vowels and all the other words. Like, you don't know what you're saying. I can count un, deux, trois, quatorze. <laughs> I think that's 14 in Spanish. Oh, it probably is. <laughs> I took two years of French. I didn't learn anything. Oh, I was going to say, apparently it didn't carry on. Oh my gosh, this game is a disaster. <laughs> it's a disaster. Okay. Come on, just give me the southern one. Okay. All right. <laughs> Next round. Let's see. Oh, if I don't. Please be oh, I can't. You have to get this one. <laughs> okay, I'll take that one. Jersey where I live and I was like hey you got any sausages and he was like no I ain't got no sausages and I was like well I don't know where my khakis are not my khakis like my shorts but my khakis like what I used to drive my car and uh, I was like don't make me pull the mop on you man because I'm from Jersey so you know how it goes dude I'm so stoked to catch that wave <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's that's, that's better than the other ones. <laughs> what do you like about riding ways, man? Now I'm doing Birch Beach Bum <laughs> Jersey. <laughs> I want to say they're so groovy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Beach Bums and you know '70s kind of go hand in hand. It's just kind of okay. <laughs> Really this bad. game is horrible. I you I should have thought about this more. Person. Okay, we've got okay, you gotta give me the five cards. Oh. So I'm really hoping you get southern one. I on better this get one. it if I don't. 
Oh no, I can't do that one. Oh. I just can't. There's just Which no one way. was it? A talent? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. oh. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Oh no! chips love and they were like and eh, we're fine we in the outback this is a desert crikey crikey <laughs> <laughs> i can't even copy you i am not from joyzy <laughs> and i can't do this <laughs> you're gonna have oh to edit gosh. it out uh, <laughs> oh uh and you know throw another shrimp on the bobby or <laughs> something like that <laughs> Because uh, we in the outback and uh, this is a roundabout. And time is up. I don't know if I can play oh this game God. again because no, this uh, did not quite go as no. planned. Todd could do it, Graham could do it, Wesley could do it, not their mother. Thank you for, for trying though and for humoring me in this game. Um, so we are now at the end of our episode. I will give you a five second PSA to make of anything of your choice. PSA meaning? Or public service announcement. Like anything public you want to say on air or whatever. Remember to love others and God bless this world. All right. Beautiful. Thank you so much again for being on the show. Thank you for letting me come into your home to record this show. Uh, closing announcement. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss a new episode that comes out every other Tuesday. Uh, follow me on Instagram at savage underscore sasquatch 78. If you have uh, suggestions for discussion uh, for the podcast, Feel free to send those to geysersguidelines at gmail.com. You can also send me a voice memo so I can hear your lovely voice since you listen to mine so much. Uh, thank you very much for listening to the podcast. Uh, stay good, everyone.